Park, Colorado for a, a conference for pastors and their wives. And as Estes Park, Colorado tends to be this time of year, it was gorgeous. Uh, the aspens were gold. The cottonwoods, too. There's a shocking number of cottonwoods up there, and, and they shimmered in their gold brilliance, and we were sort of in awe, and it was beautiful. And my wife and I were taking a hike one afternoon, and, and she was crying, and we were discussing the sorrow of ministry and sin and its consequences. And she just said real simply, Ben, how is this going to be made new? And I ran out of good answers a long time ago to these questions, and that's probably a good thing. And I just said to her, you know, Rachel, there's that obscure text in Joel where, where God says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. And, and we're doing what we can to make room for that, but ultimately God's just got to restore it. And I didn't say it with much faith, but I didn't say it, and she heard it, and that was okay. The next morning, we returned to the conference, and a, an older minister stood up to speak, and you know, this is a small group, 15, 20 people. I don't need those. And he said, um, he said, I want to talk to you about an obscure passage in Joel. And he, he read the whole passage, but his verse, the one he focused on, in fact, the phrase he focused on was the same one I had used with Rachel. And this particular man, we'll call him Cliff, because that's his name, <laughs> was speaking about um, a church plant that he had been involved with for a long time and how it had crashed and burned. And it had sucked him under to the extent that he had been estranged from his daughters and completely lost relationship with his sons. And he told us with great vulnerability that he had five grandkids and he didn't even know their names. And he said, God promises I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts had eaten and Cliff began to cling to that promise like his life depended on it because it, it does. And what I realized in that moment, though I had little hope when I was on this walk with my wife alone, when I came into the context of some other pastors and some other pastors' wives and this, this guy, I, I realized that in their company, it was a little bit easier to believe and, and when my story of swarming locusts and the hoppers and the choppers, and there's all this good language in Joel about the type of locusts. When I, when I realized that my story of, of being uh, eaten up and chewed up wasn't the only one, that helped me a, a lot. And Cliff told some stories of redemption about his, his son coming back to the faith just a little bit. And there was some real hope there and that, that was helpful. And the third time we heard this text was when I came back to my, my own church. It was the Old Testament reading last Sunday, and I was shocked to see it a third time, and I realized I needed to talk to you guys about this and just offer it up to you. And, and the movement for me and the movement that I think I want to share to you, with you is, is the, it's this movement from being alone with it and then this to this small company of people where it's a little bit easier to believe and then into the, the full expression of God's people. That's where we are enabled to believe. It's, it's 
surrounded by the hands and feet of Christ, the, the body and blood, his word proclaimed. And, and just this last little point. What's particular about this is um, it's not hope for the future, as, as great as hope for the future is. And God says lots of things about the future. Nor is it hope for the ending of present sorrow, as, as great as that is. This is a promise about redeeming the past. This is, this is a promise. God's saying, I can somehow turn around the things that you've written off, the things that are, that are hopeless to you. It really and truly is a resurrection story. Dare we believe in that? Is God inviting us to hope not only in today and tomorrow, but his redemption of yesterday? Earlier in that passage, the, the Lord says, uh, even now, if you would return to me with all your heart, even now you, you ought to return to me with all your heart. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. So that's my simple word this morning. I think we have a God we can trust in, and his call is to return. And here's my prayer. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we ask that you would meet us where we are. Many of us want to come to you and feel unable. We know that you meet us when we come to you. We ask that you would do that once again, and even boldly by the name of Christ, our good shepherd who has come to us again and again, we ask that you would meet us where we are. I pray specifically for those this morning who feel completely unable to come to you, Lord. Would you meet them once again with your kindness and your mercy and your steadfast love? And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank mm -hmm. you.